When I was about 18 years old, I went on a long walk to discover the meaning of life. Okay, maybe that isn't completely true. I did go on a walk, but I'm not sure exactly why and whether I was looking for the meaning of life or not. I do remember the events between it. I was at university. It was my freshman year, first year at university, and I went to school in England in Birmingham, studied English literature and philosophy. So the meaning of life was definitely part of the curriculum that year, in between logic and other things I didn't understand. It all went okay. I enjoyed being in England. There were many uh, delights and learnings that went along with it. But after almost a year, I was feeling a bit, I don't know, a little bit out of sorts, out of place. I had something of a crisis of identity, and I think 18 years old is is a convenient age to have that. It's a difficult age for many, and it was for me. I struggled with some important questions. Would I ever fit in in England? Was I condemned to always be a stranger in this life? Who was I? What was I doing with my life? Add to those important philosophical questions. There was a girl that I fancied that I had called, and she hadn't called me back. This was before the age of cell phones, so there was possible explanations for it, I suppose, but it didn't make the wait any easier. So I was feeling just sort of blah, out of sorts, out of place, and I decided to go for a walk. Maybe just keep going until I figured it all out, you know? I remember telling myself that I would walk west until I hit Wales. I had no idea how far that was, but I knew that Wales was west. And maybe I imagined if I felt like it, I would just keep walking. And if there was a freighter bound to America, I would hop on it and just keep going. No limits. I resolved to go somewhere, anywhere. My roommates, my flatmates were out somewhere, so there was nothing really to do anyway. So I just walked out and got on my way. I left just before lunch, or in other words, unspeakably early in the morning by the standards of a university student. I walked out of my apartment. And soon I was in the southern suburbs of the Midlands of England, in Birmingham. It didn't take long for the surroundings to become unfamiliar. I saw a bit of green, which I didn't see too much of in my student lodging. I heard a bird chirping. And with all these ordinary experiences of nature, a few minutes in, I was already starting to feel better. Was this all it took? Did I just need to leave my own four walls for a while? Well, I was not finished with my quest yet. No return until I had discovered the meaning of life. I walked on a ways until I came to a town. And I wandered through a convenience store, a little supermarket. And after only an hour's walk, I was already feeling a bit tired, bedraggled. And to walk in and have the world there at my fingertips, sausage rolls, sodas, chocolate bars, whatever I wanted, felt like an incredible luxury. I settled on a cheese and onion quiche and a cho chocolate flapjack to save for emergencies. I nibbled on the quiche as soon as I left the store. I was hungry, and it tasted fantastic. Maybe this was the meaning of life, I thought to myself. Enjoy what you have, even if it's just a cheese and onion quiche. Well, I may have liked it, but I was soon done with it, so I threw the wrapper in the trash, or bin, as they say there, and I kept on walking. I was well out of the city now, fields and country paths. I tried to head more or less west, but as anyone of you who have hiked before knows, it's not easy to keep a straight line sometimes. The way of right of way meandered this way and that. It wasn't always easy to locate where I was going. And there were large stretches of nothing. 
climb a fence, go through a field, follow a field, climb a fence. One time, I walked along a path that was next to a field of sheep. All the sheep watched me as I went by. Every head turned. Hello, sheep, I said. They stared at me, goggle-eyed, as if I were a celebrity. And as I walked along, they followed me en masse. They followed me as far as they could, which was about 100 feet, until the field ended. And they stared at me, fascinated, until I was out of sight. I was sorry to leave my audience behind. I thought to myself, who knows, I might be the most interesting thing they see all day. And to be honest, I found them pretty interesting too. Maybe this was the meaning of life. Whoever you are, you're important to somebody. Even if it's just because you are someone new who is walking along, or someone new who is in a field with your fellow sheep, I'm sure I made a small difference to those sheep's day, and I was happy for it. And I was glad they made a difference to mine. More fields followed, and paths through the mud, and paths through the hedges and undergrowth. I fell in the mud once or twice, going over a stile, a little stepping place, but I didn't let that stop me. I was feeling a little bit tired, but a little bit of the chocolate flapjack soon reinvigorated me. And then I saw, in the distance, activity. There was some sort of equestrian event happening. Over in the distance, a couple of fields away, I could grasp young people on horses jumping over fences. What fun! As I got nearer, I passed a couple of the riders. Humanity, so glad to see them. It was a couple of uh, uh, riders, youth riders, along with a parent, family, and I gave them a warm greeting. Hello there. They gaped at me as if I was something found on the end of a stick. All three of them hustled past me, the adult rushing the two children past. Well, that was rude, I thought to myself. I was just being polite. What's their deal? Not friendly around these parts, clearly. It rattled me, and I decided not to go any closer to the equestrian event, or stayed away from humanity, but to carry on walking far from civilization. Walking has always helped me clear my mind. And it was only after walking a bit that I started to think about the impression that I may have made to these people. Here I was clad in my big muddy gray coat. I had long hair at the time and possibly a beard. I don't remember if I'd started growing it yet, but I can tell you I was definitely unkempt. And of course I was pretty well covered in mud. Not to mention that I seemingly came out of nowhere just walking along from the vicinity of Birmingham for no particular reason. And I started to appreciate that they may have seen me as something less than a cheery fellow traveler more of an odd, bedraggled weirdo who shouts greetings at complete strangers, which may have been closer to the truth. In other words, well, they were not as friendly as the sheep, but what to make of it? Maybe that we're all nobody to somebody. Or maybe that would be better to say, try not to judge anyone too harshly, as you've not seen the world through their eyes, and there probably is a perspective through which their actions make sense. Anyway, there was nothing for it but to keep on walking. I didn't suppose I was in Wales just yet, and I still had some energy in these bones of mine. More fields, and around sunset I came to a seat that someone had made by attaching a plank between a log and a tree. You should have seen it. It was beautiful in the light of the sunset. A perfect sitting spot, kind of like a Maxfield Parish painting of a swing just missing its subject. But surely, I thought, they wouldn't mind me having a quick sit. They built it for that very, that very reason. So I sat down and pondered what I was going to do next. It was so peaceful there, just a moment of zen. And then I heard an almighty crack. 
I was on the ground as the plank broke. The sound was loud, reminiscent of a shotgun blast, and it got me thinking. Or maybe it was a shotgun blast. And did I see an extra light going on in the house? Time to go. I headed out in the jog. I'm not proud of evading my responsibility for that one. But anyway, maybe that's the meaning of life. Don't take anything too much for granted because, as John Lennon says, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. One moment you're sitting comfortably, the next, well, I kept moving. More fields and paths, starting to get tired now. As I was going over a little wooden fence that I thought was low enough for me to hop over, my leg touched an electric wire. Now, I have been zapped by an electric fence before. As kids, we used to dare each other to do it. And maybe those of you who grew up in the rural <laughs> areas can understand this. It doesn't hurt all that much, does it? But there's nothing worse than bumping into an electric fence by accident when you don't expect it at all. I pulled back in emotional and literal shock. Wasn't going that way, that's for sure. I tried to find a different way to go, but there was no obvious answer without turning around 180 degrees and going back the way I had been traveling the last half mile or so, and I didn't want to do that. There was a small gap I could see between this row of hedges, between these two hedges, and it looked like I could walk between them. The only thing was the light was now so dim I couldn't really see if there was a wire there, a fence. Wouldn't this be the perfect spot for an electric wire, I thought, just between the hedges, and I tried to check... I couldn't really see, though, so I would just end up electrocuting my face if I leaned in any closer. Maybe the safest thing to do was just to turn around. But we have this wonderful thing in us called adrenaline, which allows us to make really, really stupid decisions sometimes. So I took a few steps back, <sighs> geared up my loins, held my breath, ran forward as fast as I could, closed my eyes as I went through <sighs> there, and then... Well, I can't really feel this feeling of jubilation when nothing happened. I simply ran to the other side. No offense. And maybe this is the meaning of life. Appreciate simply being alive. There is a great delight, let me tell you. There is a great delight in every moment of not being electrocuted. Anyway... Coming near the end of their story, I, came, I did see a few more sights. I ate some strawberries outside a mysterious old Edwardian manor, straight out of a gothic novel. Not the strawberries so much, the manor. And eventually, it was time to go home. I knew I wasn't going to make it to America. I was getting tired. I didn't feel much like camping out, come to think of it. I didn't have a tent and had long since nibbled through my flapjack. I was walking along pretty much totally lost when all of a sudden I saw a sign. Birmingham, 32 miles. 32 miles seemed like an awfully long way. Well, the sign promised that this was the way, so I climbed up the hill to walk along the road, and it was a big road, a lot of traffic. I think I had to look it up on a map. I think it might have been something called the M42, which is, I don't know what we've got in Los Alamos, but if you think of I-80, I-90, um, you get the general idea. And I was only walking for a mile or two when a car pulled up to help. It was a police car. The lights were flashing. The uniformed gentleman told me to get in. He was not terribly happy. You know that voice that cops sometimes have when you just know they're not terribly happy with you? He had that voice. I was sitting in the back. Thousand pound fine for walking on the motorway, the policeman told me. That's about $1,200, $1,400, $1,600. 
Something in the way he told me about that thousand pound fine led me to suspect that perhaps he might not at the end of the day actually make me pay a thousand pounds, which was good because I didn't have a thousand pounds. Even my bank overdraft wasn't as much as a thousand pounds and that was negative. In fact, after a long and quiet drive, interrupted only by a lecture on the dangers of walking on a highway, which are true, by the way, don't do it, he drove me almost all the way home. He pointed and told me there was a bus on that corner. I should get on it and go the rest of the way to my hall of residence, which I did. And I've never walked along a major highway since that I can recall. Even if the sign said it was the right direction, it turns out you shouldn't follow every sign. I got back to my student apartment, and everything was pretty much as I remembered. Only Mark was home, who was one of my flatmates, one of my roommates. He could tell I looked a bit funny, covered in mud, sweat coming off of me, my coat wet and dirty. But I was always having odd adventures, and he was used to me by now. He inquired if I wanted to go out for a drink. And you know what? I hadn't thought about it up until that moment, but I did want to go out for a drink. So my quest for the meaning of life ended up at the student bar with a drink or two with my friend who was a kind and understanding soul, and still is, by the way. I met up with him a couple months ago. But had I found the meaning of life? After all that walking, had I found the meaning of life? Well, as the Upanishads teach in this body, in this town of spirit, there is a little house shaped like a lotus. And there is as much in that little space within the heart as there is in the whole world outside. Nothing much happened that day, really. I went for a walk, that's all. But I hadn't had a bad day of it, all things considered. And best of all, I had a friend waiting at the end of it, and a quiet night waiting beyond all the adventure. I wish you plenty of quiet nights and plenty of adventures, my friends. Always be true to that little house shaped like a lotus in our hearts, and maybe life will be very meaningful indeed. Thanks for journeying with me. Blessed be. Amen.